Hello, everyone. Praise God. It is Easter Sunday. Praise the Lord. The greatest Sunday in the Christian faith. I'm so glad that you're here. I am Reverend Dr. Lydia Waters, the senior pastor of Pacoima First United Methodist Church in Pacoima, California. And I tell you what, we are just glad that you have joined our worship. Now, I want you together and I want you to prepare yourself to be in the atmosphere and attitude of worship today with a glad heart. Do you have your Bibles in front of you? The book, the phone, or the iPad? It's all good. Is there a smile on your face? We're going to begin with a song of praise to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. The words will appear, and so you can join with our minister of music, Sister O'Carr, accompanied by her husband, Brother Darnell Carr. We're going to sing praises to God because... When praises go up, blessings come down. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. And all will see how great, how great. God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. You're the and praise the Lord. Let's go to our scripture. Our scripture reading for this Easter morning is found in the New Testament Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 6. Mark 16, verses 1 through 6. And listen now, listen to the word of the Lord. 
when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And now I want you pray with and for me. Oh, almighty God, as I come today, please allow, Lord, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, for you are my strength and you are my Redeemer, in Jesus' precious and holy name, amen. The sermon topic for today is Because He Lives. Oh, beloved, imagine the most important thing that could possibly happen to you in your life and nothing changes. For instance, you graduate from college, but instead of going out and securing a job, you just go home and continue to live at home and watch the stories and stream series or play video games all day. Graduation day comes and goes and nothing changes. You finally get that promotion, but instead of going to your new office with this corner window and beautiful view of the golf course, you go to your same old cubicle down in the basement. Promotion day comes and goes and nothing changes. You get married and after the wedding service, the bride comes home to her parents and the groom goes home to his, but nothing new happens. It's just ridiculous to think these things might actually happen and then nothing in our life changes simply because these are events that should change our lives. Let's do this on this Easter Sunday. Let's imagine Jesus being crucified. He's been put in the grave. He's buried. Three days later, he's resurrected. Three days later, he comes back. He lives again. He gets up and that is it. And nothing else happens. Nothing changes. Listen, if it would be a sad story to think of living through Easter and then having nothing change in our lives, what would have happened if after Jesus' resurrection, Peter had gone back to his fishing boat and lived out the rest of his life being a fisherman? <laughs> What if all the disciples just went back to their old way of life? What if none of the Gospels had been written? Oh, child of God, you see. The resurrection of Jesus from the dead was not the type of event that was really 
celebrate it, and then it doesn't change our lives. If we celebrate Easter, we will change. Amen? This Easter Sunday event demands a change in our lives. Uh, the resurrection of Jesus validates everything the gospel claims about Jesus. Now, I, I, I don't believe that we can come today and celebrate this glorious Easter Sunday and then not fall even deeper in love with Jesus. Oh, Lord. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus is asked, which is the greatest commandment of the law? And the first answer is, love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And this does not take place unless a change has taken place in us. A change that begins at the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My dearly beloved, this is what we find in our scripture lesson this morning. We find three women identified in our text who got up early in the morning to take care of unfinished business. It was an act of pure love for Jesus. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verses 55 through 56 says, They had seen the tomb and where the dead body of Jesus was laid after he was taken down from the cross. And still, they had to return home where they prepared the spices. They were home prepared the spices and the ointments. But their work was delayed because of, you know, the Jewish Sabbath, which fell on Saturday. And even though the Bible says that Nicodemus and Joseph had anointed the Lord's body, well, they had done it in a hurry and it wasn't satisfactory enough for these women. So as soon as they could, they planned to take care of the proper anointing of the body of Jesus. Listen, I, I imagine these women were restless, sleep-deprived, tired, grieving. Just like us, when we have something on our mind and something we need to do or accomplish and we find it difficult or impossible to rest or to sleep. Oh, but early in the morning, while it was still dark, the women left their homes, met together, and began to walk toward the tomb of Jesus. Oh, glory to God. Beloved, we must admire now the devotion and courage of these women. Oh, how they loved him. Oh, he must have a proper burial because they loved him. It was the least that they could do. And they were courageous in what they did. They did not fear the darkness and they did not fear being identified as followers of Jesus. They were directed to do what they did by the Holy Spirit because they loved Jesus. And little did they know now that they were on their way to a miracle show-off. <laughs> oh, God won't even do it. But the Bible says it was dark. So what could these women do in the dark? What could happen that they could clearly see? It was dark. <laughs> it was dark when they left. And not only that, but the tomb was sealed. Ah, oh, child of God, hold on, hold on now, hold on. Because what we will learn from our scripture lesson today is this. 
There is hope even in the darkness. I need somebody to say amen. Listen, Jesus foretold his death. He foretold, he told them about his suffering. He told them he would rise from the dead. So even in the darkness, it wasn't over yet because as these women just, just keep moving, keep moving. Darkness is just barely giving away to the light as the sky grays and the earth begins to stir. And then, and then after a while, oh, keep moving, women of God, keep moving, keep moving. The darkness will continue to lose its battle with the light. Glory to God. Child of God, the question still remains. What did those women expect early on this Sunday morning? Well, we know they expected to find a dead body because they came there prepared to anoint the dead body of, of the Lord. They had their spices and ointments. And since they weren't able to do it on Sunday, Saturday because of the Jewish Sabbath day, well, we're going to point out ourselves in their place. We're going to put ourselves right in their place. What do we expect? When we go to a graveyard, we expect there will be tears shed, there will be some grieving, there's a body of our loved one, a friend will be lowered down in the ground and covered with dirt. Oh, but I see this passage, I see in this passage that there must have been a little, little faith on the part of these three women. They knew the stone was there. They knew the tomb was there. And they knew Jesus was there. They knew his dead body had been sealed up. Oh, but they must have believed or at least hoped in the back of their minds and more so in their heart and in their spirit that something good was going to happen. All these three women, Mary Magdalene, the, the women of Jesus, you remember he healed of demons, Mary, the mother of Jesus and, and her, her sister, Salome. These three loyal women were on their way to the tomb, hoping something would turn in their favor, hoping they must have had hope. Oh, yeah, they had hope to just keep on, keep it on, oh, considering the circumstances. But however, that's what hope does, doesn't it? Hope, with hope, hope gets excited about what's going to happen. So listen. There must have been some hope and some faith working inside the spirits of these women because they were already on their way when they asked the question, who will roll the stone away from the entrance? They were on their way, knowing that they did not have the human strength to move a stone that weighed a ton away from the opening of the tomb that Jesus himself was buried in. But they kept moving. <laughs> Somebody, keep hope alive no matter what's going on in your life. Ah, oh, beloved, that brings up another reality now for us today. People have been asking that same question for centuries. Who will move the stone? Who will break down the barrier between God and us? Because in the midst of all the mess going on in the world today, instinctively, listen, I believe that people know there is a God. 
I believe that people understand that that just things happen because they happen over a billion of years is just too far-fetched to even believe, especially today. All oh, people know there is some kind of superpower out there. Too much going on that they can't control. And all we have to do is, all we have to do is, God wants our attention. Just look up. The heavens declare his glory. All we have to do is ask the right questions. Who really controls the weather, huh? Who really makes the sun to shine and the stars to twinkle and night? Who? How can you be on a cruise ship and look out on the balcony at the vast ocean and not believe that there is a God? Come on, somebody. Stop tripping and get a grip on real things, reality. Oh, yes, there has to be a God. And how do we get to God? How is it that we can talk to God and walk with God and please God? Well, I believe that these are the staring questions haunting people today. Don't get it twisted. People today know that there is a hole in their soul. People know there must be a divine being who can feel that hole. But how? How can it happen? And there is this big boulder of a rock in the way. Well, my beloved, think in your heart, your soul, and your spirit. And remember, my beloved, God is the creator of the universe, the beginning and the end, the great I am, that I am, and one and only God, God all by himself. He had a plan. And God speaks and his plans fall into place. God speaks and systems are automatically created to serve his will. God speaks because God has a plan all along. And his plan was to remove the barrier, to remove the wall, the stone, the rock, the bars, the sin. Child of God, when Mary and the other women approached the tomb after Jesus' death, they saw an amazing sight because our God is an amazing God. They expected to see the stone still hiding the tomb, and they needed a way to enter the resting place of their beloved Jesus. You see, the stone represented a barrier to their goal, to anoint the body of their beloved master with spices. And I'm sure that their hearts were still downcast as grief flooded their spirits. Who will roll away the stone? They ask one another. Please allow me to reiterate this. These women were obviously not strong enough to move the stone from the entrance of the tomb. Some sources say the stone which rolled away uh, 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 was on its track of its own in front of the tomb, and, and it could have weighed as much as a ton. How? How could they anoint Jesus' body if the stone blocked the entrance? So just imagine the woman's the women's shock when they looked up and saw the stone was gone. Oh, glory to God, won't he do it? He moved the stone. The Gospel of Matthew answers, he sent angels. The angels of the Lord moved the stone. That's who moved the stone. I believe in angels, don't you? I believe in them. Oh, dearly beloved, let me ask you a question today. 
Do you have stones placed at the entrance of your heart? Stones of fear and stones of rebellion and despair or discouragement. Do you? Do you? Do they just stay around and they're just so large? And you begin to surrender at the thought of even trying to move them. Or have you tried only to realize that no amount of heaving and shoving would budge them? Problems. The obstacles in your life are not made of stone, but they seem just as massive and powerful. And you feel helpless to remove some of the mess of the situations in your life. But I want you to hear me today. Hear me. Whatever those stones are, whatever the circumstances or situations are in your life, know that the enemy has been closing the entrance of your heart and your soul until there is no light remaining. You cannot see a way out or in. And so you begin to speculate. Who will roll this stone away? You don't, you don't know where to turn, but you know you want the stone removed. And then just like these women in our lesson, you know what? You got to stop crying long enough to look up. Look up in faith and what you see is truly amazing. You see not stones, but pebbles. You see not darkness, but the light. Oh, the light. There's a huge opening and maybe you hear a faint divine whisper in your ear. You hear the voice of Jesus saying, I've already removed the stone away. You hear God telling you about Jesus. Jesus is alive. Beloved, we cannot celebrate Easter Sunday and not be moved and changed. Oh, I thank God that Jesus rose from the dead because that fact, it changes everything because he lives. That changes everything because Jesus lives. Oh, we can face our tomorrows because he lives. All of our fears are gone because of the fact that Jesus arose from the dead. That really changes everything. Oh yeah, the songwriter says it well. I want your heart and your soul and your spirit to hear this. God sent his son and they called him Jesus. He, he, he came to love, to heal, and forgive. He bled and died to buy my pardon. But an empty grave proves that my Savior lives. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all hope is gone because he lives. And child of God, during these times of hate and intolerance and bullying and all the isms running wild, I want us to hold fast and be strong like our Jesus. The songwriter says to every child of God, go ahead, drop the nails in my hand. <laughs> Laugh at me where you stand. Go ahead, say it, is it true? Say it in me, the day will come when you'll see. You know why? Because I'm a child of God and I will rise again. Ain't no power on earth can 
kick me down. I'm a child of God. Yes, I'll rise. Thanks to Jesus Christ. Death can't keep me. Jesus is in my heart. And because of that, death can't keep me in the ground. Because he lives.